Welcome to the Change Agents Podcast with your host, Tracy V. Allen, social enterprise and small business funding strategist and the owner of TVA Consulting Group. The Change Agents Podcast is about empowering change agents, social entrepreneurs, social enterprises, and nonprofits with the knowledge, skills, strategies, and concepts needed to design, build, and fund their social ventures. Hi, Change Agents, and welcome to Season 2 of Mission Impact Series. Mission Impact Series is a podcast that helps your company find the breadth of opportunities in every moment to create impact with two of the wittiest, smartest, and most innovative people in social good, Tracy V. Allen and Ty Boone. This podcast is perfect for businesses and organizations of all types, and our lineup of topics discussed through strategic storytelling will keep you interested in coming back for more. Okay. Hey, everyone. Welcome to our Clubhouse chat um, with myself, Tracy D. Allen, and Ty Boone. Uh, we're going to be talking about why would I um, be removed? Yeah. So that's the topic. Why would I be removed? I know it's like really open. And you're like, what is that about? But it's very significant. It's something that we hear a lot um, in our consultancy, and I kind of wanted to address it individually. We kind of lump it together with other things all the time, Ty, right? Um, and I just think it needs its own platform, right, to be discussed, its own topic, its own segment. So that's what we're going to be talking about. As a nonprofit organization, why can I be removed? I started this. Why are you going to remove me? So we're going to discuss. Right. So we're going to talk a little bit about that. My name is Tracy D. Allen, the owner of TVA Consulting Group. Um, I help social impact businesses design, build, and fund their social ventures so that they can live the lifestyle that they desire while impacting their communities. All right, my name is Ty Bowen, I'm owner of Ty Bowen Enterprises. I work mainly with nonprofit organizations, helping them to move from startup and struggle to sustainability and success. And guess what, Tracy? Mm-hmm. Guess what? And guess what? Sometimes <laughs> success requires that I am removed. Right? Mm-hmm. Sometimes. And today, so we're talking about, you know, why would I be removed? And, and I guess the, the I in this would be founders, mm-hmm. um, you know, ED, CEOs, or how, you know, a lot of people like to call themselves. Right, CEOs. whatever title you decided to give yourself. Whatever you, however you, if you put it. Um, mm-hmm. You know, one thing, Tracy, that I have to always remind nonprofit leaders, especially founders, is that, hey, you, you're always a founder. If you started it, you started it. That, right. Nobody can take that away from you, but you don't own this thing. And, and you know, people well, what about that there are ways around this? And what about individually owned or, or operated organizations? First of all, if you're an organization, you're not an individual. <laughs> right. Because that's what the word organized means, right? When right. a few people come together to create one thing. Right, right, mm-hmm. right. By definition, you're not doing this by yourself. So, you know, a lot of times people just kind of get it twisted, feeling like, hey, if I put in, you know, I paid a couple thousand dollars or a couple hundred dollars or whatever it is to start this organization. I've been putting my money up front. I put in all the ideas. I select the two board members. How dare you <laughs> try to remove me from this thing? Um, one of the reasons, and there's, there's so, there's, 
a lot of reasons, right? Mm-hmm. Um, first of all, um, what people are failing to realize is there's a thing called bylaws that you have to govern yourselves by. Mm-hmm. And no, if you come to me, it's crazy. And people have come to me all the time and like, okay, can you put this little clause in here that says I can't be removed? Like, no, no, sorry, we're not. We're not doing that over here. Right. We don't work like that because it's not legal. Right, it's not legal. Number one, right? And number number two is you're telling you told the the, the your your organizing entity your state the federal government that you were not into this thing for personal gain and if we were to say that you cannot be removed that has personal gain written all over it right there's a there's a huge conflict if you are the if you're the end all the be all then that's personal gain so we can't do that um a lot of boards will look into your organization and decide for one reason or the other sometimes that the vision that they have as a board or that the they think that the, the direction that they think the community should be going in as a result of your organization is not happening that way and maybe they're questioning your leadership maybe there's some things that are not going the way that the strategic plan tells it tells it to go um maybe they've tried a couple of years and it's not working out right <laughs> so, so they just the, don't think that you're doing the job effectively right you know about the Black Girls Code, and I can talk about it because it's been everywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, the founder CEO there was removed, um, I, I guess, before the new year started. And I, from what I hear, a lot of that was because the board just kind of felt like the vision that they had was not the same right. as what she had. Right. And she started it, and look how big it is. It's been um, basically franchised mm-hmm. or chaptered throughout the United States. So she has created a multi-million dollar nonprofit organization um, that is well recognized, and she was still removed from her position. She will forever be the founder, forever, like you said, but it doesn't mean that she has to have any affiliation with the organization and definitely no leading position in the organization. You know, I, I think that we can get upset. You know, it's like I put my blood, my sweat, my and tears. tears. Yeah. Um, we we connect ourselves in a way that we shouldn't. And I know, you know, this is hard work. H e a r t, social impact work. You know, nonprofit work, charitable work. It's you, you do it from your heart, so you feel a certain connection to it. But I I just like to remind people, hey, when you're, if you're wanting something that you're Right. I was just about to talk about that. And that's one of the reasons why I focus so much on social enterprises is because you have that autonomy in a social enterprise. You don't have that autonomy in a nonprofit organization. It's for the people by the people. You start it, but it belongs to the community. It is not yours. Like I just said, you will forever be the founder. No one can take that away from you. Your name will always be associated with the nonprofit as the founder of the nonprofit, but it can be ran, it can grow, it can be scaled, it can be developed by someone else. And actually there are people more, so richer people that actually just do that. They just start organizations to deal with um, societal need and they hand it over to someone else to run. And they'll sit on the board. And we can talk about that too, in the sense that um, most people think that because they found the nonprofit organization, they have a right to sit on the board and make decisions on the board. But that's not how a real nonprofit board works. 
right? You're talking about a, a, a C-Corp board, not a nonprofit board. Yes, a nonprofit does take on a corporate structure, but not in every way. It has its own nuances. And those nuances is what messes people up and causes them to get seriously audited by the IRS because you don't understand the nuances of running a nonprofit organization. You cannot run a nonprofit just like you're running a for-profit. And those are things that cause your board to say, hey, you have to step down because you're not understanding the mission here. You're not upholding the mission or you keep mission drifting. These are things or if they feel that you're not um, operating ethically, they will remove you. If they feel like you're participating in things that are conflicts of interest. So I know a lot of nonprofit um, founders also have for-profit businesses and they're trying to get their for-profit to profit off the nonprofit. And that is a conflict of interest amongst other things. Um, but those types of things is what causes the board to say, hey, hold up a minute, wait, this is not working right? You're in it for personal gain and not for the betterment of the community. So you're no longer a fit for this organization. Thank you for creating this um, this nonprofit organization, but we're going to actively go out and find an ED who can come in and replace you and get this organization to where it's supposed to be. And who can represent the people you said, or mm -hmm. the people, by the people. We're, we're thinking, hey, this is for me, for the, this is by me for the people. This is mm -hmm. not um, this works. And I think where people kind of cloud the waters a lot is with something like social um, entrepreneurship, social enterprises coming kind of fresh for a lot of people in our community, in our community not really understanding what it is. Mm -hmm. So I, a lot of times people are under the impression that that's kind of the same thing. Yeah, and, mm -hmm. and that when they're having these nonprofits and they also have a for-profit business, I think they're kind of crowding clouding the water. Yes. There's a thick line between how you operate. And I always say for nonprofits, I say, you know, act like a nonprofit, think like a for-profit. And in actions, you have to think about the ethical um, guidelines for a nonprofit, what compliance looks like for a nonprofit. And what mm -hmm. I mean when I say think like a for-profit, I'm thinking, hey, you, you know, there's generating revenue right, mm -hmm. for your organization. But people still mix it. They mix the two and not clearly understand, hey, this this nonprofit thing that I started is a nonprofit. It's by itself. Mm -hmm. This for-profit thing that I'm doing is a for-profit. It's by itself. And even if you were to have a for-profit business that has some social um, you know, problem that you are addressing, there's still what you still have to separate the social parts of that. And they're not understanding that. So there's still I had an entire one hour conversation. <laughs> with somebody trying to explain to them that really and truly as a social enterprise or a social entrepreneur, you're running two businesses. They're like, no, it's the one business. Yeah, it's the one business that has two different aspects to it and bookkeeping needs to be kept separately and, you know, like going through the whole process. Yeah. Because <laughs> I'm like, and, and like, how do you tell nonprofits to operate like a nonprofit, but think like a business. I tell social enterprises operate like a for-profit, but think like a nonprofit. So they, they do, you know, they have connections, but it's understanding the first step to really um, running a successful nonprofit or becoming a founder of a successful nonprofit is education. <clears throat> a lot of these mistakes and a lot of these misconceptions and actually getting removed from your own organization, because that's what you call it, your own, even though it's not yours, but that's how you think about it, right? Um, 
can be avoided if you had the proper education and understanding of what it is that you were getting yourself into prior to getting into it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's it. You guys yep. <laughs> That's it for me too. Yeah, um, any questions? We have Yolanda and we have Marquetha. Marquetta. We have Marquetta. Yes, in the um, chat. Any questions? Okay, change agents. Thank you for joining me today. And remember, there's someone in your community that is waiting for the programs and services that you provide. And it is your responsibility to make sure you get it right. Until next time, have a great day.